All right, so we're continuing on in our story time, or sorry, story wars series tonight, and we're going to be going through a story this week that is found in the book of Numbers in chapter 22, and it's about a man named Balaam. Hey, Joe. Hey. How's it going? Very good. Good. Now, just a little backstory before we get into it. Uh, Balaam was a sorcerer, and so a sorcerer is somebody who uses magic and witchcraft, to, and it's, remember how we talked about that stuff is bad last week? This guy was bad and did that thing, but God uses him in a really cool way, but he used magic or sorcery or witchcraft, whatever you want to call it, to curse people for money. So that was like his job. It's not a good dude. Um, so there's this place in the Middle East in Bible times called Moab, and it's not the town in Utah. It's on the other side of the world. So just to clear that up, because this would make that story really weird if all of a sudden we we're talking about like Arches National Park. But... So not in Utah, in the Middle East, there's a king named Balak, and he's the king of Moab, and he ends up with some visitors in his backyard, and he's really upset about it. And those visitors are the children of Israel. And so, Balak is really upset about the Israel... I can't handle it! I know, it's... Why are they all wobbled there? I don't know, I... Pre- it, I unwobbled it. it earlier, and then it was wobbly again. Maybe the floor is wobbly. Anyways... <laughs> Balak is really uncomfy about the Israelites being in his backyard, and so he decides to make a plan and take matters into his own hands. So enter the guy I was talking about, Balaam. Now, as I mentioned, he had a particular set of skills that were sketchy, and that made him useful to the king. So King Balak tries to hire Balaam to curse the Israelite people by sending his officials or people who work for him to go get Balaam. Now, they get there, and Balaam Uh, has an interaction with God about them. And God tells Balaam this in Numbers 22, verse 12. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. So Balaam tells Balak's officials this, and then Balak's officials go and tell Balak, and he takes the news great. He does not. He takes it really badly. And so then he tries again, and he's like, okay, well, well, let's send the more distinguished officials this time to go talk to Balaam, which I don't know what that means. I just assume these guys were wearing, like, shinier shirts. Fancier clothes. Fancier clothes, more distinguished. Like, oh, these distinguished gentlemen. Yes, look how distinguished they are. Upgraded fits, as you might say. As you might say. They got the Air Jordans. Air Jordans, like their tunics have, like, maybe gold leaves on them. Yeah, and there's some flannel involved i don't think as flannel is fancier but if that's that's your thing if it's fall if it's fall right anyways the more distinguished people go hoping that would change something it did not uh balaam tells him i can't go god said no but i tell you what you guys stay the night i'll ask god again maybe he'll change his mind and you know that moment where you've got a friend coming over and you already asked your mom hey mom can they stay the night your mom says no because you have like badminton practice the next morning or something Random. Badminton practice? I never, I don't know. I just no picked, one has badminton practice. You're right. Soccer, I don't know. What do, sure, anything. Anything other than badminton, apparently. And your mom says no for whatever reason. And then your friend comes over and he's like, hey, what did she say? And you're like, she said no, but don't worry. I have a plan. We're going to ask her again. And you're going to be standing with me because she won't yell at me in front of you. And she won't say no. And you like manipulate your mom. You like force her hand into saying yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She says yes then. But what you get is 
evil eyes. From evil mom. eyes. You get in trouble later, right? Yeah. It's like, yes, now, but tomorrow's going to be really rough. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens here with Balaam and God. Finally, God tells Balaam, okay, fine. Like he's staring at him like, fine. Yeah, sure. They can stay the night. You may go with them, but don't you do anything that I don't tell you to do. And so I think it's really interesting in this moment. Like, yes, we're joking about manipulating your mom into a sleepover and stuff like that, which is not funny. Don't do that. Um, Just pro tip. Don't do that. You'll get in a lot of trouble. (laughs) But I think we can do that with God ourselves sometimes too, right? Like we, we often take what God says, whether it's in the Bible or here at 4640, one of us pastor says it in a sermon, we, we take the truth of the word of God and we try and twist it around and manipulate it to, to get what we want out of it. And the truth is, we, when God says no, the answer should be no, right? When God says yes, the answer is yes. What he says goes because he speaks the truth all the time. And we should be bold enough to take God at his word and trust him right? To trust him, if he says no, it's because he has something better for us. Like, we don't need to twist his word and try and make the Bible fit what we want. When God says it, it's the truth, the end of the story, right? And because God wants to say no about something, it's because he's protecting us from something or keeping us from something and helping us, like, have a better life. And it's so true. Like, God wants things for you. God has a will for our lives, But we also have a thing called free will. God gave us free will to choose whether we obey him or not. And the thing that we we haven't really talked about is the king, King Balake, Balak, Blake, Balak, I don't know. I don't know, some like rich white mom name for her boy, I don't know. But Balak, all right, so we've got Balaam, the, the, the dude, and, and the king Balak. So Balak offered him a ton of money, like gold. He would be very, very rich if he would go and do what King Balak asked. And so Balaam kind of wanted to go because he sort of wanted to be like a really rich dude. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for me to blame him. And so he goes back and asks God a second time, not because he thinks it's the right thing to do, but he's hoping that God will change his mind so that he will be able to go, so that he will be able to do what King Balak wants, so that he can get rich off of this guy. So there's a little bit of an underlying thing that's sort of snuck in there. It's not like Balaam's a good guy and it's just like, I will check with the Lord one more time. He wants to have the sleepover, right? Right, yeah, so he wants that The money. story gets even weirder as we continue on in verse 21, okay? So it says this in Numbers 22, verses 21 through 22. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. The distinguished officials. The distinguished officials. They got that fit, right? Yeah, uh-huh. So, but God was angry. So he, God earlier just said, go ahead, guess you, you can go, all right? Mom said, sure, have the sleepover with murder in her eyes. It's fine. It was not fine. It says, but God was angry that Balaam was going. So he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way, all right? This is the follow-up morning now, and your mother is irritated, and rather than going after you herself, she sicks dad on you, and dad's now the one that's going to punt. Now your friend has gone home, and now you close the door. Bye, buddy, and you turn around, and there is the father with fire in his eyes because if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy, right? This is what's happening here. God's just like, I can't believe that little snot still went on that journey. Angel! Go kill him. It's kind of a crazy story, but it's in the Bible. So Numbers 22, 20, 22 through 23. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey 
but not Balaam, but just the animal that he was riding, the donkey, mm -hmm. saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hands. And the donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and it turned back onto the road. And, and it's not like he, it's not like that Balaam and the donkey were racing. Like he didn't beat it in a, in like a race. No, he didn't. No, he hit, he hit this donkey until it was like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, donkeys make that sound. Yeah. Anyways, now not only is mom mad, dad's mad. Yeah. And, Dad's involved, right? right? And we all have been there, right? Like, I'll wait till your father gets home. Right. And it's a mm. problem. Numbers 24 and, or 22, 24, and 25. The angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So what did Balaam do? He beat the donkey Again. What is happening here? Like, I'm just confused, right? So this angel of the Lord, let's look at this next little verse. It says, so uh, 22, 26. So then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road. Okay, stop right there. Take off the What is this angel doing? Is this guy new at this thing? Like, first he stands dead in the middle of the road, right? It's like he's this angel and he's got the wings. Those are such little wings. <laughs> okay, he's got the you wings. You look like the butterfly caterpillar from A Bug's Life. Yeah. All right. So he's got the wings. He's an intimidating force because the donkey sees him and goes around. And he just like, is he new? Is he like an angel in training? Because it's like, hey, uh, like this, the boss angel's like, hey, I want you to go down there and I want you to stand anywhere along the road. And when the Balaam comes by, I want you to, okay. That's what he's saying. So he's like, okay, anywhere on the road. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'll choose here. And he's like ready, right? He's like batting up. He's like, come on, come on, right? And then the donkey goes around him and he's like, what? Wait, no. Wait, no. I'm so then he like runs further down the road, right? And then he's like, ah, this is narrow, okay? So then it says like, what is he doing? Like the donkey's like excuse, slipped by him. Me, Can he me. not move? Like, is he just like, uh, Can't reach. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> like, can, like, I just like, I gotta just step a little closer and then, cut the head off. I don't know what the angel's deal is, but he seems pretty new at this. But so then he has to go to a third location. So then it says, and the angel Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the monk. Now he figured it out. He's like, oh, just go stand someplace. Help. Help. <laughs> then he's like, I'm going to stand in a place where the donkey can't sneak by me. Like, I don't know if he can't move. I don't know what's going on. But then it says, this, <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite part. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. So he sees the angel, and he's just like, nope. <laughs> nope, not going any further. No, thank you. <laughs> like, that has never been my reaction in danger is to just lay down where I'm at. It played dead. He played, possums do that. Possibly it's effective, the, right? So this donkey has like tried to go around. It's tried to sneak by. And this time it's just like, nope. Nope. And just like lays not, down not on the ground. Playing. I'm done. So uh, 27 through 29, it says, In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Did you catch that? He gave the donkey the ability to speak. And then it says this, What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam like that's normal. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I'd kill you. First of all, do you know how mad you have to be to not acknowledge the fact that a donkey just spoke to you? 
you have to be so angry to just ignore the, like a donkey is just like, what are you hitting me for? And you're like, you made me look dumb. Like that's real anger. What does it deal with people in the Bible who like animals talk to them and they think nothing of it like it's a regular <laughs> occurrence? Adam and Eve are in the garden and a serpent literally slithers up to her and is like, you should eat this fruit. And she's like, okay. And eats totally. the fruit. Makes sense to me. And then Balaam's <laughs> like, donkey's like, quit hitting me. He's like, you made me look stupid. I don't know. And then it's like, he's like, if I had a sword with me, I would kill you. Balaam's mad at the donkey for like betraying him, thinking he's betraying him by not being a normal donkey like walks down the road. It's like, you did all this dumb stuff to me. And so Balaam's sitting there thinking, you have betrayed me. And the donkey's like, I'm your, okay, this is what he says. It says in Numbers 22, 30, but am I, I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life. Gets a little sentimental here. The donkey answered, have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Like now, now they're having like this, this conversation where the donkey is now winning against, not only are you having a conversation with a donkey, you're losing to a donkey. I love that the donkey plays like the best friend card of like, I've been with you through everything. Have I ever steered you wrong before? And Balaam's like, no. And the whole thing is absurd because he's talking to a donkey. Right. So right? Numbers 22, 31 says, then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hands. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Number, uh, verse 32 says, why did you beat your donkey those three times? The angel of the Lord demanded, look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me, stubborn as a mule, <laughs> right? Because a donkey, you get it. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. How, how, how did like how proud do you think the donkey was when he's like made sure that he mentioned that he was only going to kill Balaam? And then I think the donkey was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the morning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm making waffles. That's right. <laughs> just like prancing around. is like, yeah, idiot. He was going to kill you, not me. Not me. I was. I had friend. nothing to worry about. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with Balak's officials. So what is this story teaching us, right? Like it's not just jokes and all that stuff. There is truth in the Bible, right? And I think it's showing us that if God can use a donkey, he can use us right? If God can use an animal to save somebody's life, he can use us to do anything, right? God not only wanted to protect his kids, the Israelites, which we see later in this story, but he wanted to bless them and he was going to use Balaam to do it. Remember, Balaam wasn't a prophet. He wasn't a man of God. Yes, he believed in God and that's why he was able to hear from him, but he also used witchcraft and magic and all this other sketchy stuff. And, and God still wanted to use Balaam to save his kids of Israel. And he used a donkey to then save Balaam's life and get him to realize he was being arrogant. He was being prideful and he wasn't listening to what God was telling him to do. 
And I think it, the same goes for us. If we're willing to listen to God and where he wants us to go and, and where he's calling us and we repent and we, we look at ourselves and we say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't listen to you. I'm sorry that whatever that sin is and we repent, God will use us. He isn't looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. Right, and I think sometimes for us, we gotta look at this story and realize that donkey was actually being a really good friend to Balaam. He saw that Balaam was going down on a path where there was literally death down that road. And so Balaam did his best to try him, or the donkey tried to steer Balaam around or steer him the other direction or stop him. And I think sometimes we have friends or we have teachers or we have parents or we have siblings or we have pastors who see us making choices and they can see that down that road is a bad decision, that down that road is, is your grades going down the toilet, that down that road is getting into partying and alcohol and drug abuse, that down that road is meaning you're gonna have a really rough relationship with your parents. And they can see that because they're not you. And they try and, hey, go around, take a different way, don't go that direction like that donkey did for Balaam. And then all of a sudden we get mad at those people who are just seeing what we don't see down the road. And we get mad at them and we go just like, don't judge me. I can make my own decisions. Don't try and control my life. And we get mad at them and we beat them, not with sticks in our fists, but we, with our words and our actions. And we shut them out of our lives because they don't want us, they, we, or we don't want them to have to be able to control what we're doing with our life. But that's what accountability is, is surrounding ourselves with people who love us enough that if they see death, destruction, bad things down the paths that we're choosing to live our lives, that they would say something and help us get off of that path. And so it's important in our lives when those people say something like that, that we don't just ignore them or get mad at them for trying to, for saying something about it, but we appreciate them. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from the enemy. Remember, Balaam was offered a huge reward to do something he knew God didn't want him to do. But the donkey was trying to help him. And along the way, he crushed his foot trying to get away from that angel so he didn't die. And he got mad at the donkey, but he didn't get mad at King Balak. And so this verse is saying, wounds from a sincere friend who really cares about you might hurt you at first, but the truth, if they're speaking the truth in love to you, it might hurt a little bit, but it's better off for you down the road than anything nice or, or, or a reward from an enemy in your life. It's better to have those friends who will keep you accountable. Yeah, so back in verse 36, it says, when King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. And then he says, didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away, Balak asked Balaam. Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Which this is funny because it was a 400 mile journey. Right. You can't do 400 miles quickly by donkey. It's like, right? what took you so long? Why didn't you get here faster? It's like, okay, I'm sorry. I just had to go from here to basically Kansas on a donkey. Have you ever ridden a donkey for more than 20 minutes? And I love Balaam's response here. He just goes, look. <laughs> All right. He's, he's had it. He's had a rough journey. Let's just say he's like, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Those 400 miles. Okay. <laughs> now I've come, but I won't say, basically he says, but I'm here. 
but I will not say anything that God doesn't want me to say. I'm only gonna say what God tells me to say. So then what happens is they get everything set up. They make a couple sacrifices to God because they wanna make sure they've got God's attention. And then King Balak sends Balaam to the top of this hill to look over the nation of Israel. And he wants him to go up there to receive a message from God that's hopefully bad things about Israel. And he wants him to stand up on that hill and curse the Israelites. But this is what happens. Let's go back in Numbers 23 through 6 through 8. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me to the brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Jacob is just another word for Israel. Jacob turned into Israel. And he says, uh, curse, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? And I think what we need to realize from this is that there's power of life and death in the tongue. It says in the book of Proverbs that we have the power of life and death in our tongue. When we speak blessings, we're speaking life. And when we are speaking curses, we are speaking death. God wants us to be careful with what we say. He wants us to be careful with our words and count and pay attention to what we are saying because our, our tongues have so much power. So when you are, are having a hard time at school, maybe you're, you're not doing well on a test or you're having a hard time in a subject, don't call yourself dumb, right? That's speaking a curse. That's speaking death. To look at yourself in the mirror and say what you want to be true. I am smart. I am kind. I am these things. Declare the truth of God over your life. Speak life instead of death. So there's this weird back, there's this back and forth, okay? Uh, a, a few times in the story, and we're gonna just kind of like fast forward. But basically what happens is King Balak's like, hey, go curse Israel. And Balaam goes up onto the top of the hill and he says a blessing over Israel. And Balak's like, don't do that. And then he gets mad and he's like, okay, let's go try somewhere else. Let's go try a different location and let's go to a different hillside and let's go look at some different Israelites. They're uglier than the first ones, okay, it's fine. <laughs> you can curse these ones. And then he says, go up to that hill and curse the Israelites. But instead, Balaam just blesses them. And, and he gets even mad. He's like, hey, if you don't bless them, curse them. If you're not going to curse them, don't say anything. But let's go try a different hill. So Balak tries three different times to get Balaam to go up on top of a hill and bless him. And after the third time, Balaam still says a wonderful, kind blessing over the, the tribe of Israel, which is God's chosen people. God wanted them blessed. And so King Balak... Balaam couldn't do anything otherwise. Balaam blessed Israel. And now we jump into the story after these three interchanges. In Numbers 24, 10 through 11, it says this. King Balak flew into a rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them three times. Now get out of here. Go back home. I promise to reward you richly, but the Lord has kept you from your reward. In other words, I called you to curse my enemies, Balaam. And I was like, you get so mad, you don't know what to do with your hands, so you just start clapping angrily. Ah! Like, I've never been that angry. <laughs> but King Balaam is furious. But, but basically, Balaam continued to say, I can't curse what God wants blessed. God blesses who he wants to bless. And here's the truth I want you guys to hear tonight is that God has blessed you. God blesses you because you are his kids. Look at this verse in Ephesians 1, 3. It says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So this says, God, because of Jesus, we are blessed because we're united with Christ. So when we accept Jesus into our hearts, when we make him our Lord, meaning we help make, let him make decisions for our lives, that we choose to follow his word, the Bible that we've been talking about this whole night, we choose to live our lives based on the truths found in the Bible, not any other truths. And we admit that we've messed up, that we've sinned, and we accept him into our hearts, then we are blessed. And nothing can take away that blessing because God blesses who he wants to bless. And you cannot, and so we were cursed. Before we accepted Jesus into our hearts, we were cursed. What were we cursed with? Death, eternal death, it talks about in the Bible. A death that was in, the, in hell, spending eternity in hell, an eternal death. That was the curse that was upon every man, woman, and child. But when Jesus came down to the earth, he died on that cross, he wore and he, and he sacrificed himself and he took on that curse of death on himself. And he died on that cross for each and every one of us. And then that curse was paid for, was erased off of us. And then we are said, if it was when we accept Jesus in our hearts, now we are his kids. We are children of God. And God says, my children are blessed. And no one can unbless the kids that I have blessed. No one can curse those who I bless. And I think it's so important, like what we were talking about last week, is God wants us to keep that, that, that doors shut. God wants to bless us. And no curse, no magic, no nothing can come against us. No evil can come against us, except for when we choose to open that door and allow those things to come in. But God when we stay close to God, none of those things can come against us. When we choose to obey God and keep those doors shut, none of those things can come against us. And so it's so important that you guys understand. And the reason why we're doing Story Wars at all is this, the Bible is wild. There's some crazy stories in the Bible. We literally just spent the last 30 minutes talking about a man who had an argument with his donkey who was talking, and it wasn't a fictional story. This is a real story that happened to a real person. And the Bible is such a fun book, and we want you to get into it, whether you have a paper copy somehow, or you find it and you download version on your phone, and you start opening it up and finding stories and finding things. Read about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or, or you read these crazy stories and numbers. We want you to get into the Bible because there is truth that we can apply to our lives. We went through this story of Balaam and, and we learned some things and we look at this real person who made good choices and made bad choices, probably more bad choices than good choices, but we can learn from him. Balaam knew he shouldn't go, but he asked God again. And we can go, Balaam did that. I don't think I should do that. I think I should listen to God the first time. When I read it in the Bible or I hear a youth pa uh, pastor tell it or, or, or something like that, or I feel like God is speaking to me, I shouldn't question it and I should just stick with it. God used a donkey to save Balaam and I need to make sure that the people, I keep people around me who will hold me accountable. And like Balaam, we should be careful what we speak over others and ourselves. We shouldn't curse what God wants to bless. And we need to know, we can learn from the story that God wants to bless us. 
And so nothing can come against us that's bigger than our God. That's what we want you to know. And that's how we read the Bible. And that's why we go through these stories in the Bible is because there are things that we can learn from them. And you don't just have to learn from us on a Wednesday night. You can do this every single day of your life. When you open the Bible, you can say, God, teach me. I wanna learn. I wanna know more about you, who you are, and how I should live my life. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And we thank you, God, for giving us your word and making it interesting. God, it's not a textbook. It's not this book that we just have to memorize all these random facts in. God, it's fun. There's fun things to do. There's fun things to read and learn about. And I pray, Lord, that every time we dig into your word, the Bible, God, that you would show us more and more of who you are and how you want us to live our lives. I pray, Lord, you just be with our students, protect them. We love you and it's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.